This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Hallowell and Chris Field, the church boys. From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. I hate these guys. What's that? What's that? Is that is that Billy Hallowell I see on the other end of my phone? Oh please! Of your phone, or my my Skype connects my computer. I don't know. Anyway, you know the the point. Let me just just start here because nobody's already starting in his while he's listening to this. Chris has been, I usually am the flake, but Chris has been a flake for months now. And suddenly, right. I, and I was the flake again. Right. Finally, our roles were back to where they should be. Billy was completely out of it, and I was being responsible. Um, so, yeah, we're back. I don't know if anybody cares or not, but we, uh, we, we actually got quite a few messages from people. Where are the church boys? I want my church boys. Give me my free content. I'm a taker. I'm a taker. You guys give and give and give. And no, I it was need... nice, though. No, it was right. nice that no, people actually wanted to I know. listen. I know. And that we missed two episodes. I mean, we missed two episodes, which is right. kind of a it's big like, deal for us. I wish we could sample stuff, but right, we, we don't have the license, but I'd love to sample that bit from uh, What About Bob? <laughs> I need, I need. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I need, I need. <laughs> Are you a What About Bob fan? Um, if you I'm tell not, me you have no, wait, I want to, but I do want to say wait, wait, something for all you, you complainers. Hold on, because okay, okay, we did put out two free falls while we were at out. Least, so it wasn't three. like we were radio silent. I think three even. Think Actually, you're three. right. We did. We had three. Coach Kennedy. Right. We had Matthew Sorens from World Relief. That was the refugee right, one, right, right, and then right, right. we had Mark Hall from Casting Crowds, which is actually a great, really interesting interview with him about his his cancer battle and and that just shows you how bipolar this show is that we talked about a religious freedom battle with the, with the football coach <laughs> refugees and then an interview with mark hall from casting grounds oh man so yeah it's been um so we kind of teased a little bit of some stuff that's going on you know on twitter with the show and again your manicures and pedicures right schedule. manicures and pedicures and that sort of thing and 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 to be fair you know most of it's just excuses there are always reasons for things but really right really it boils down to being excuses but there are things that we that billy and i have been working on and going through and proposing and and some stuff we've been trying to get to happen with this show and some other ideas uh we can't get into those details right now but um so there's we had a very busy. Can we wait? Wait, wait. Been, can we tell them about your interpretive dance? No, that, that part of this no, plan no. that you're. But you can tell them about. You can on? tell them later about the transition surgery. Oh boy. So, but Billy and I have been noodling through some ideas and some projects, and uh, we can't get into everything. But it has been. Correct me if I'm wrong, Billy. A whirlwind, crazy, busy last six weeks. 
Would that be it fair? has been Would that be fair? Uh, between yeah it has been between it's your been. travel and my travel and all sorts of other stuff and not simply vacations but like work related things and all sorts of I'm a, I'm allegedly finishing up another book <laughs> or at least working on one <laughs> pretending speaking of books we got to get that coloring book together Pedro's going nuts we do we also need t-shirts I I'm gonna put this call out there again does anybody want a church boys t-shirt I think that okay. this is an important okay. you you are in charge of making them then because I'm going to have nothing to do with that. Because I have watched other shows try to do t-shirts, and it just becomes this horrible expense that they have because they created t-shirts that they didn't sell and couldn't get rid of, and then have oh, boxes of t-shirts in their attics. Well, you, I no, think the coloring book pictures should be what's on the t-shirt. <coughs> you know what we could do is we could just give the logo away, and people get a high-res version of our logo, and then just people could iron those onto their t-shirts if they wanted to. That would that work. That sounds awful. Okay. So... Yeah, so it's been a, la a busy last couple of weeks. Now we don't, we can't get into the business side of things, work stuff. Really, I mean, I love how professional we are. Our, our business side. Well, we work side. We do have very nice side. professional things going on. Yes, though. and we do, and we have some friends that we're talking to about some other things. And uh, in fact, one celebrity friend of ours who wants to come on the show and talk to us and be a part of what we're doing. Um, yes. Again, we can't can't say anything right now because it's not all ironed out but anyway good things are it's coming not we madonna. Right. i'll tell you it's, it's not, not madonna, madonna. Right. we can tell you who, some of who it's not uh but we are working on those things and we want people to be excited about it because we're excited about the we're excited about the potential uh of the projects that you and i have outlined is that fair yeah i think okay. so all right so we've we've given you our excuses and and again, some of the busyness has been travel and that sort of thing. So, Billy, I, I you told me that I had to share uh, some details from my anniversary trip. Yeah, my wife you were tra trip. you went on a little anniversary trip and <laughs> had an interesting experience at a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Would you like okay, to share? So I'll I'll get to that. Okay. But wait, wait, I do want to tell everybody. Chris doesn't tell me these things. I find out because his wife, much like when I fell asleep on the couch and looked like a sleeping creature, and my wife snapped a picture and texted it to Chris with one line that just said, you're welcome. Chris's wife reaches out to me and tells me things that happened to Chris. And so I learned this information from Chris's wife. Okay, so, and it's really good that our wives really don't listen to the show very much. And even more importantly, they don't communicate with each other. <laughs> My wife talks to you more than she talks to your wife. And I actually tweet your wife sometimes from time to time. But anyway, um, yeah, so we had a very interesting anniversary trip. Excuse me. It was our 15th anniversary. That's, for, like, is, that's like a lot of years. Yeah, I mean, it's that's... a really long time. I mean, like. like it's almost like, 20 years. Like, that's crazy. Like prison sentence long, you know. You guys, <laughs> you guys were married for a long time before you had kids, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, we were married what six years? Let's see, Izzy's nine, so yeah, six about six years before we had kids, which is which I think which I would recommend if you're if you're young enough. I think it's I I recommend it. I don't I, again. I'm not if you want to start having kids immediately, that, that's cool. But you know, we we enjoyed those first six years of getting to know each other as a couple beyond just you know dating because I mean we unlike a lot of a lot of people we saved ourselves for marriage we didn't live together before we got married i mean we were very um we were just very christian very nancy and ned nazarene you know uh <laughs> before we got married and so it was good for us to to enjoy life together as as a married couple living together for the first time and getting used to each other and we just had a ton of fun we did some fun traveling things uh again but I would say, after saying that, I wouldn't trade 
my life with my kids for anything, right? My life with my kids is so much better than my life before kids. I, I love having kids. Okay, that said, you got to get away from time to time. So for our, for our 15th anniversary, uh, the wife was thinking, we should travel to like Switzerland or something. <laughs> I'm like, how about we just go to Spocompton? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the name we have around here for Spokane, Washington. And we just decided to do a weekend trip. Instead of doing something big, we'll do something big another time. So we went up to uh, Spokane, which is about two hours north of here, or two hours from here, I should say. And we went to Spokane, and and they've got some really nice hotels up there. We've got a few different Davenport hotels, and we stayed in one of those. And it was, it was a classy joint, you know, like pretzels on the table, all sorts of fancy like that, right? <clears throat> nothing. Stupid. Nothing. Crickets. Stupid. You're <laughs> so, <laughs> so dumb. So, okay, so my wife, I told my wife she gets to choose where we're going to eat, and so she made some reservations at some places. And she made a reservation at the steakhouse and then said, oh, we could actually go somewhere else. I'm like looking forward to steak. But I said, hey, listen, anniversary trip, I'll eat whatever you want to do. So the first night we go to P.F. Chang's, which is nothing special, but it's my wife's, one of my wife's favorite restaurants. And we don't have any down here where we live. The closest one is in Spokane. And she would go to P.F. Chang's all the time when we lived in in D.C. I mean, it was her favorite place. And are you you a P.F. Chang's person? I've only been once because I don't really know if we even have them in here yeah. in That's, New York. I, mean, I haven't seen them. It's Chinese food, but kind of like in the l- loosest sense of the term. I mean, yeah, I went I went in L.A. actually. It's, it's just a big, for me, it's a big bowl of okay. It's not bad, but there's nothing filling about it. I feel like I need to have a sandwich after I'm done. Wow, that's shocking that you'd want a second <laughs> meal. <laughs> so, but we went there because it's a nice place, and we both like the place. She loves it. I like it. And it's just, it's fine. And so we do that. And so the next day, she's made reservations for us at a place called, and I'm sure that you've heard of it. Now I've just blanked on the name of it. It has it's a fondue place. And what? Wait a minute. At what oh, point were you accosted in a Barnes and Noble? Because okay, that's it's, all it's coming. I care about. It's coming. You're gonna get to this, okay? And so, so we go to. Uh, have you ever had fondue? It's a melting pot. Melting pot. You ever heard of the melting pot? I, yes, it's same. a national chain. Okay, so but there's not a whole ton of them, but there's one in there's one in Spokane, and so she made reservations there. We canceled, mind you, canceled dinner at a really nice steakhouse where I could get a huge, huge like twenty ounce steak <laughs> to go to this fondue place. She said, "You just don't have to worry about it. It's going to be a ton of food. It's going to be delicious. You're going to love it. Really, you're just." And when she's trying to sell me on it, I'm like, "Listen, you don't have to sell me on it. I'm happy to go wherever you want to go. You like this place. I'm sure it's delicious. Let's do this, right?" You sound so compliant, way more compliant than I could ever imagine you being (laughs) when it comes to food. I'm just trying to be nice, right? Have you been to a fondue place? No, we had a fondue set. No, I'm I'm not talking about a fondue. I've gone to a fondue restaurant. No, I would okay. never go to a no, fondue no, restaurant. So sounds awful. Because I'm you, not you know, putting any, any know, effort while you, I'm trying to eat, ex- no, aside from putting know, a fork to my mouth. Do you know why you would never go to a fondue restaurant? Well, not big portions. Because you are way smarter than I am. That's why. <laughs> I would never. I'm picturing a miniature marshmallow down some caramel or <laughs> okay, something. Okay, so here's it. So we go to the melting pot again. Nice place. Very nice waitress. All the stuff. I mean, this this isn't a criticism of. The Melting Pot, it is a wonderful restaurant. And if you're into fondue, I recommend it highly. It is more a criticism of fondue. Okay? So this is what I'm paying for. Instead of a giant porterhouse steak, right, and a big old Coke or a big old tea and, and a you know pie afterwards, here's what, here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to go to the fondue restaurant. And you're going to be surprised how much food you actually get in the fondue restaurant. You just, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a whole lot of food, but it really is a big, big portions. I'm like, <laughs> are you having with me right now? <laughs> so we get there, right? And so you wait a while to get your food. And they put us in Lover's Lane because they found it was our anniversary. So it's like this private hallway with, lined with different rooms, just small kind of cozier rooms and they actually have curtains on them so that you can draw them shut so you kind of got your own space you know which is nice and romantical or whatever so the waitress brings the food and it's it's a well at first the menu is impossible to decipher i mean you have to have some sort of super decoder ring in order to figure out what the heck is on the menu because you get this cheese and this cheese you get to pick from these cheeses and these these uh appetizers here and then you get to pick your main meal and you get to pick a dessert right so we get, she said, now, if you order, now if you're each ordering the three-course meal, you have to decide on the same cheese because there's only one pot. Like, then why do you have multiple things on the menu? <laughs> because that person and I, if, if there were three of us, God forbid, we would all have to eat the same thing or we'd all have to dip in the same thing. So she brings us the, the, the cheese, which was, I swear to you, I could have just gone to the, my freezer and pulled out the cheese that we bought, the shredded cheese you buy at Costco, and put it in a, in a hot pot and melted it. I mean, that's what it was like for me, to me, right? Now, what, does she, what do they bring? Mostly vegetables. So my appetizer <laughs> is taking cauliflower, which is a vile weed, by the way. I and, like cauliflower. And, and dipping it in melted, cheap cheese. That's the opening appetizer, right? <laughs> And so then I'm thinking, okay, so we, we finish this in no time, right? It takes forever to finally get our meal. And then it's like, you're not even, they don't even have to cook it in the restaurant, right? Because everything comes out to you raw, raw vegetables, raw meats, all that stuff. You don't, have to, there's nothing you have to prepare. You just bring out the, the pot and put it on the, because they, they, they warm it right there on the table in front of you, right? So they do all the cooking there in front of you. They bring you your little, your little, cup of you know vegetables that they obviously pulled out of a bag from the refrigerator right and then they melt the cheese there in front of you and say okay now you just wait a little while it's going to be hot around the edges be careful okay fine so we eat that it takes no time to eat that because for one you don't want to eat it you just leave it aside <sighs> she finally, did your wife like it oh yeah of course she did so she comes back and she says okay so we had ordered our main meal she said all right we'll be right back we'll bring you your main meal 25 minutes later between the appetizer and the meal she comes back with a pot of things she says now she puts it on there and adds all the spices and says it's going to be a little while before it's hot as soon as it's hot then you take this we'll bring your meat out and you'll just stab your meat and stick it in the thing and let it sit there for two minutes per piece of meat right i kid you not i ordered a five meat platter thing right different kinds of meat three bites of each kind of meat three you're just gonna be so surprised by the uh, by the portions. <laughs> you're just you're not gonna leave hungry. It's very 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 filling. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is a snack. And so I'm I have guessing to, you left hungry. And I and I have to cook it myself. What kind of a <laughs> restaurant do you cook your own food? This sounds pay, awful. Pay way too much money for food you have to cook on your own that you could have bought at Costco. It sounds and, awful. And again, that's not a criticism of. Of melting pot, it's the style of food. No, no, no. Make... You're just trying not to get sued. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's the bottom line. It's the style of food, right? We it's had just, a, fond a fondue set, and I did not ever use it because awful. of this. It is so terrible. The only the best part of the meal was the dessert because there was a dessert plate there, and it, and it was a chocolate, 
and then um uh there's this different like there's marshmallows and different brownie things you could dip and that was nice that was tasty but i'm i billy we were supposed to go to a movie afterwards dinner how long does dinner normally take for you if you like, go out to dinner you go to out to an immediate minutes once um, the food's a half an hour and right even. okay two and a half hours i sat there and your wife wasn't bothered by this at all well we finally got to the point i said she's texting on her phone or doing facebook or something probably talking to you i'm like well, why don't you put your phone down where we can talk she says what are we going to talk about i said i don't know the fact that we've been sitting here for two hours <laughs> anyway so that was that was right anniversary dinner as a special dinner and expensive which is fine i don't mind paying for an expensive meal i'm just supposed oh to you mind you mind a little but it's you, fine if you are if you are if you are someone if your wife attempts to talk you belly into going out for fondue punch her right in the mouth i will not allow it what the punching or the fondue the okay. fondue all right so i've taken up enough time with the idiocy of the food so tell me about Barnes and Noble. That's people for anybody who's still listening, <laughs> and you're you're not totally disgusted. Uh, anybody we've offended on the fondue front, just bear with no, us I because think, the next part of I the story is. Amazing. I think it's probably time for a break. So no, no, you cannot break before you tell <laughs> okay, the story. Okay. All right. So the wife decides we're going to go shopping, and we go to the. I don't know which mall did we go to. Was this after the fondue? This was on the third day, so this was on Sunday. So fondue was Saturday night. Sunday we're going shopping. We go to a, a bookstore. It was a Barnes and Noble. Pretty sure it was Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. It was Barnes and Noble, according to the message I got. Okay, so she's off at another store, and I said, "I'm going to go to the bookstore. I'm tired of being in here." She said, "Okay." So I go to the bookstore, and I'm looking. I'm standing there at this table of books, just flipping through stuff, and I had picked up my son's super into Star Wars, so I picked up some of these Star Wars, like a Star Wars book, and flipping through. Like, oh, I think Colty might like this, and. Uh, <laughs> This dude comes up across from me at the table, right? And so it's, it's the table in the middle of the story, and it's got all the books on it. And he's looking at, he's, he just starts talking to me. He says, Oh, are, are, is, you find any good books yet? And I'm like, uh, No, no. I, and as soon, as soon as I start to speak to him, I look at him, I'm like, I start to get a vibe. I'm like, Oh, you got to be, you have got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. What about this? Right here, put out that vibe, right? <laughs> so this dude starts talking to me. You find any good books? I said, no, I just got here. I just started looking. And that's when I look up and I go, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at a Star Wars book. And I had a Star Wars. I happen to have a Star Wars t-shirt on too or something. He goes, oh, you into Star Wars? I said, yeah. It's, it's, I, I, he said, did you see the, the latest Star Wars movie, the last one that came out last year? I said, yeah. I did. He said, oh, I haven't seen it yet. And, I, and he's like, well, well, what was good about it? You know, and he says, I mean, just hitting on me over and, and not just like in a friendly are you into star wars 2 kind of thing it's like he's not into star wars he's trying to find something that we that he can pretend to have a common interest with me in and he's just like lurking and it's driving me crazy and finally i just said i <laughs> wait what did you say <laughs> i don't know something like i so we're just sitting there and finally I'm just I'm like I gotta get out of this because this conversation has gone on for five or six minutes like, wow this, I, this is not like a 10 second thing no it is not I'm just trying how do I find a way to get out of this and I'm like holding up my ring I'm just like like start playing with my wedding ring hoping that he's gonna see that and of course this day and it doesn't 
freaking matter anyway. So I uh, finally he asked me a question and I answer it. And I go, yeah, this has been really nice, but um, I just got to go. And he goes, go where? And I go, I got, <laughs> he goes, go where? And I go, anywhere else. You did not say that. <laughs> What did he say? Nothing. I just walked away. So my you, wife, honestly, you are one of those people. You put them in. You put you. You're like a. You're like one of those things you plug in in college that boils hot water, and it's like it takes forever to boil. But then once something goes wrong, it boils over, and that is boiling over anywhere but here. <laughs> there is no somewhere, grace when it comes said, to I your exit. I, I think I just said something like somewhere else. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so my wife still isn't in the store yet, and I'm like wandering around thinking, please walk into the store. <laughs> so I go to another section. I just kind of keep an eye on the door, and there she walks in. Like I said, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> so I told her, I swear to you, I swear to you, within 30 seconds of my telling her, she had texted you and told you. Oh, I, I think it she was, was texting while you were telling her. It was it was less than a minute. I, I swear. <laughs> I was like, and my and I said to my wife, "Oh my gosh, Andrew, you got to hear this story." <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like telephone. So the nice thing was, my wife just laughed and laughed. So I looked at her and I said, "What are you laughing at? I still got it, baby." <laughs> he well, you know it's funny. He wasn't a bad-looking it, man. You are. <laughs> the one person that it's like you want that to happen to because you're going to handle it the most awkward out of anybody <laughs> like i'm gonna go i need to go anywhere but here right now and then just flee so, as opposed to being like oh you know i would pretend that my phone was ringing or something and like have a fake conversation or something i just walked away i just said that and walked away <laughs> yeah that's my life that's uh so, do we need? A, should we take a break and we'll come back and talk? Oh, you were going to talk about your family thing this weekend. Well, not like family thing, but like, oh, I know what it was. Okay, this is the best time of year, right? Oh yes, I love. You, well, you pumpkins are coming. <laughs> pumpkins and, have been here since say, well, July. There's, it is getting just like the idiocy of Christmas decorations showing up in stores. By the way, Hobby Lobby's got whole walls full of Christmas decorations in mid-August. Totally exactly. inappropriate. There's pumpkin spice coming stuff stuff coming out in like mid July. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean Duncan's already selling the pods, which are I think Duncan. I think those pods, excuse me, that taste leftover, like pumpkin are disgusting. Leftover from last year. Oh, they're they're gross. But I mean, I I do like pumpkin stuff. I, I like oh. I like the Starbucks pumpkin latte. I think it's good. I won't overdo it. I have a couple of them a season. I don't. I'm not gonna go crazy for pumpkin. Right. I'm not like that. But. Pumpkin can be good oh, if it's yeah. done if it's not overdone and well, it's not too processed, or if it's in the form of a pie. Mm-hmm. That's I mean that's the best pumpkin. I basically only pie. like the the Starbucks one. I don't like the Dunkin' one, right? Um, and I only like pumpkin pie. I'm not in. I'm, I had actually pumpkin flavored pretzels last year, which is oh, really good. Gross. That no, it was disgusting. good. It was good. No, it was no, super it's good. Disgusting. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, I'm not really into into it. Yeah. You know, I think it's too much. But I do love this time of year from oh, September first on. No, see, I go like mid August because my, well, my fall starts a little earlier than most people's fall, right? With football, but excuse me. Well, the yes, temperature has to, to change to though December. for me. Yeah, that's the thing. And in New York, it doesn't really change until yeah. September. And even then, like right. even now, it's right right now it's 84 degrees right. still. Yeah, we and we've had in the last couple of weeks we've had 90 degree, 90 95 degree weather. But at nighttime, it cools down to like 50 degrees, 
45. Yeah, see, it's gotten down really to 60 nice. here. So that just started right. at night, which is good. That means right. we're inching there. But, you know, I'm all I'm not like into let's do a fire pit during the summer. I want to do it in the fall. Everything yes, is fall for me. I love the fall. Yep. We live in a townhouse, which we like love our community. So during Halloween, it's just a great place for the kids to be, you know, trick or treating. Yep. It's just everything about and I know for those of you listening who don't celebrate Halloween don't worry we're going to get back into that again like we did last year I think it's a great debate we need to have the debate um because I listen I have relatives who don't celebrate Halloween and I never hear the end of it about how awful it is that we allow our kids to celebrate it as Christians um but I mean look there are some Christians who don't celebrate Christmas apparently too so I know I know know. anyway it's it's crazy but but this time of year this time of year is the best time of year though absolutely 100 percent Hands down, and then but then January hits, and it's January's de- January kill February's total depression. I just, I, I, I swear the the statistic statistics for suicide certainly suicide rates have to be like ten times higher in January and February. There's That's an awful. actual thing like that psychologists will. It, it's the blue blue something or I forget the name of it, but there's a name for what happens in January. Oh, it's yeah. the holiday letdown. That's like a legitimate depression for people. It's a legitimate thing, and I get it every year. And you come out, I come out of it, but. It's rough. I, do, I just yeah. don't. I hate, there's nothing I, to look forward I'm to. I'm not in a depression, but I am in a little bit of a funk in January. Oh, I'm in a depression right? in January. Of course you are. But um, but but for me, like fall starts, like I start thinking about football. Well, I think about football all year on, but I, I coach football and I love it. And football practices started a week or so ago. But, you know, early August, we really start ramping up. The coaches do talking about, you know, strategy and what we're going to do for the next year and players who are coming in and. I start talking to my wife, you know, football season's coming. It's almost fall. She, and my wife's like, do not, <clears throat> do not fast forward my summer. Let's enjoy the summer. It's like, <laughs> fall's coming. It's the best time of year. I mean, like, well, you know, in my house, there's like a clear line yeah. when summer ends because my wife's a teacher, so right. she has to go back to school. Right. And, and so when that happens, which actually happens next week, yeah. um, where she'll be back someday setting up, it's a clear end to the summer. And our life goes nuts. That, that, yep. The only yep. downside of fall is that our lives go from the tranquil, calm summer of the kids sleeping <laughs> in and my wife sleeping in to total chaos oh. for like nine, more, nine or ten our, months. Our, but, summers are, our summers are more chaotic than, our, than, our, than the rest of the year because we travel and the kids are out of school and so they're home with mommy and it's nuts. But you got a weird schedule too, though. We do. We got a tough schedule. But I, what I hate about that, what I hate about like the holidays and stuff, is that you know I feel like it would not kill businesses and companies and the government and some government institutions do, but to give the Wednesday before or do like a half day on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, it is so hard. We always talk about wanting to travel. It's so hard. You're working a full day by the time you get right. out. Yep. It's really tough to travel for Thanksgiving. You've got to travel into the night with kids, or you've got to leave early on Thanksgiving morning to get anywhere. Yeah, yep. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So anyway, loving. I love football season. I love fall. I love, and I think I told you. I one of the, there are a couple of things, a couple of other things that I love about fall that maybe you don't think of, but then when you think about it, you're like, oh, I do love that. I love soup and stew, and I love you know your hard crunchy bread that you dip in soup and sandwiches. You know. Love that stuff, and I love the wardrobe of fall, where you can wear jeans and flip flops and a t-shirt, maybe a sweatshirt if you want to. Oh, it's just the best. Fall is absolutely it. where it is, all the way to Christmas. Now, all right, wait a minute. Yeah, we should take a break. Okay. Let me find my. You you switched things up on me here. All right, we'll come back, and what are we gonna what are we gonna hit? Did you want to talk about the Christmas thing? 
Because we were going to talk about holidays and Christmas. We don't have to. We can do. Yeah, let's talk about Christmas. Because, well, hey, it's only four months away. It's August. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Okay, we'll be right back. That was quiet. Stop it. Stop. Hey, we're going to go ahead and do that again because we are professional. I'm going to turn the uh, iPad up just a hair. We are back and we are. uh, Idiot. We are idiots. That's true. I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at an unbelievably fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash glen and use the promo code glen. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to casper.com slash glen, casper.com slash Glenn. Back to the d- d- church boys. <laughs> so Billy's got me going here. <clears throat> so this is kind of our welcome back family update show, I guess. I don't know exactly. Yeah, so if you're bored, oh well. <laughs> Suck bored. It the next episode will be back to normal. But tough tatas because we're having a blast. Well, let's let's get into the real contentious subject matter though. The thing <laughs> that your family? divides families. And my wife is home today and I'm in my downstairs office slash studio <laughs> and I'm sure she's gonna hear this and start like burning up with anger. <laughs> but <laughs> Okay. Now folks, I'm gonna make Billy I'm I'm gonna state this now so that Billy has to talk about it. He promised me that he is going to bring up a super embarrassing <laughs> episode that happened to him. Over the weekend? Was it over the weekend? It was over the weekend. It was with a okay. relative and friends who were at a party. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay so not going to get more specific than that. Begin. Well, uh, before we go there, <laughs> let's talk about Christmas. I think we need to talk about Christmas because it's not uh, just Christmas. It's the holidays. Yes. I'm going to put it all out there at the risk of hoping that nobody I know in, a fa- in my family is listening to this. No, but look, I, in all honesty, the holidays, I think, for a lot of families are a big point of contention. Yeah. Not all families. Yeah, I agree. Some families have it all mapped out. But trying to figure out what are you going to do for what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? What are you going to do for Christmas and, and other holidays like Easter, too? But I think those two, Thanksgiving and Christmas, are the most contentious. Yep. Are you going to travel? Are you not? Right. Who's switching off? Who's hosting? And then you have all the other BS that goes on with families, all the yeah. other drama. Chris doesn't have that because his family is like uh, perfect. Somehow. Well, there's but that. Yes. Most of us have... The perfection stems families. from one place. Thank you very much. Sorry? Not not you. <laughs> Probably your wife. Because um, she's awesome. But That's anyway, so, so in my family... You know, look, there's I, I live about six hour drive from where I grew up. My whole family's still up there. My wife's family's local to where we are now. And so, you know, we we always are trying to balance that. How do you how do you do it fairly? For us, we like to be home on Christmas. So um <laughs> We like to wake up in our house with our kids. And I know, and actually I want to hear from people if they think that's unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable. I think for us, it's just, first of all, it's tough to travel with kids. I don't mind doing it. We do it other times during the year. But on Christmas, I think it's nice for your kids to wake up in their house. And if people want to come to us, they can. Um, but, you know, it's an on, it's like an ongoing thing because – you know, everybody wants you to do what they want you to do on the right, ho- what they right, want on the holidays, right. not what you want. So I, you keep hearing me giggle in the background because 
I know the full story. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but it's, but it's, and it's nothing against anybody. It's nothing like you don't want to go inside. But, but I think. My thing is this. I think you have to do what's best for your family, and that may be that you decide traveling every year is great for you, or you may decide that you don't want to travel every year. Um, but the, you know what we try to do to make it fair, as Chris cardiac arrests oh, on the man. other line, is is we try to, you know, we stay home for Christmas, but on the twenty sixth at like five a.m. we roll out after Christmas right. and we clean up. We roll out and we go up to my family and we spend about four or five days there. Um, and so we kind of celebrate the 26th to the 30th with them, right? 29th or 30th, to make up for that. And we right. do another Christmas now party is, with everybody. Is that the time of year when you get told what a letdown you are, what a disappointment? <laughs> is, that, that, well, you know, is that that time of year? They want, my, you know, my family would love nothing more for us to be there for a Christmas. Whereas I sort of say, well, we're coming the 26th. It's chaotic enough. And let's face it, when I'm, my parents are young. Right. And so my family is relatively. Like, you know, well, let me just scare you, Chris. My parents are like 16 years older than you. So, what? you know, they're only in their they're in their mid 50s, upper 50s. Yes. My mid- mom's 54. So, wow. yeah, they're young. And and so the rest of the family is young. So there's a lot of people to see. Is your mom and hot? It, we, that's the grossest thing anybody's ever <laughs> asked me before. Um, anyway, the, it is it is um, a tough you know, situations, right. but, but, you know, they've been good about it. And my parents always come for Christmas and spend time with us. They've been pretty good about that. But like, if they choose not to one year, that's okay. You know, we, it's okay. We don't all have to be together on Christmas right. day. Jesus wasn't even born on Christmas day. I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> Might not have been December 25th, but I'm pretty sure that Jesus yes, well, was born on Christmas on, day. On, of course, on Christmas day, but on December 25th okay. was very likely not born. So, okay. so okay. and you know this how you were there? Uh, I was one of the goats, yeah. Okay. Um, which reminds me, there's a a movie coming out, an animated about story goats? about the animals at Christmas. Oh, really? Sounds uh, riveting. Uh, well, anyway, so the bottom line is, I I would love to know what other people's experiences with the holidays are because I I do think it's and here's what makes me laugh about it. Every year, I'm of the mind of because this is kind of a point of contention. Why don't we wait until like November first to talk about it? Right. <laughs> because there's no point talking about it sooner. <laughs> but everybody's intent on talking about it in July or August. So you start talking about it in the summer, and so of course we had a birthday party for my four year old and my one year old. Mm-hmm this past weekend and we're already talking about Christmas and I'm right. like why for the love of Pete's sake why are we talking about Christmas because right what now? else are we going to harp on the fact that you're a lousy son if we so. don't plan this ahead of time how are we going to get it taken care of it's just it makes me crazy but but I again I think you have to decide what's right for your family now Chris you guys travel sometimes <laughs> we do every other like my wife's family is about, is down in the Boise area and so every other year we we travel to wherever her family is. And now, like last year, it was we went to uh, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama. She has a baby sister in Alabama with her husband. So after last year with the fuster cluck that, that was just simply because it was a long flight and we got three littles. We're like, you know, what? you guys maybe are crazy. We, maybe we just need to have Christmas at home every year. That's but that's our thing. Right. Well, here's here's the other. If thing. you want to see us, come see us. I I work up until the twenty, even yeah, teaching because yeah, yeah, yeah. I teach yeah. some classes. Yep. I so my my semester this year ends December twenty third. Right. Um. My wife teaches until the twenty third. You know. So on top of yep. that, you know, we're all we're like working too, and it's just like you know, we're it's not it's way too much to do it. It's yep. way too much. It's okay to do it the twenty sixth, but there's so much to prepare. And the other factor, 
you know, we have other family members who need help here yeah. with the holidays, yeah. right? So, so leaving is not always, it's just easier to stay and then right. go the 26th. I feel like that's a good middle ground. And I think right. a lot of people in my family are fine with that, you know, but, yeah. but again, I, I, there's something about people wanting their family there on Christmas morning. It's like, yeah, no, we want you there on Christmas morning. Right, but like, it's, no, I want to be home. Right, but that's the, but their their feeling is the same feeling you have. It's like I want to be home with my family on Christmas morning, and that's and that's the same feeling they have, right? Totally. But, I mean, the thing, the thing, the thing where we we would we would still consider traveling for for JC's family, for my wife's family, you know, next year, because this year will be a home Christmas. But um. Like my, neither of my sisters are married. So that's like, they don't have to bring siblings over from Seattle at all. I mean, children over from Seattle at all. <clears throat> so it's, they just naturally come here. My folks live just down the street and that sort of thing. So when it's here, it's not a problem. When we have to go, have to, when we go to JC's, my wife's uh, family's side for Christmas, we have a really good time. And, and you know, something that really, that I have to continue to remind myself of is when one of my brother-in-laws uh, last year just, kind of got misty eyed and just talked about, he says how cool it is that he said that everybody made the effort to be here. Cause there was a storm that was going to keep, that was keeping people from landing and we had people changing flights and everything. And just, he was so impressed. He said, you know, my, my family doesn't do this. And I was, he was impressed that, you know, this family chose, did everything they could to still be together at Christmas. And that really meant something to him. And I, and I, that it should mean something to him because it is very significant. Uh, and, and that's the reason that we would keep traveling is because we like being around them, but also, there, are, you know, it is important, and so I don't, I don't know what we'll do next year. We'll deal with next year when next year rolls around. But yeah, we have a no, and easy. I re, and I respect it. I just think, you know, for uh, for us, it's just, you know, we'll go the twenty sixth. We'll see you then, and right. Christmas is at our house. And it, and some might call that selfish. I just think it it's what makes sense for us. I mean, and and but I think. I think again too, and you guys are going way farther than we are. I mean, we're driving six hours. You're taking a flight six hours probably. Yeah. Um, I just, that is our policy. That's yeah. what we're sticking with. And, you know, I feel like because I was mentioning the age of my parents and how big the family is, there's a million people to see. There's no way to right. even see everybody on yeah. Christmas, right? Yeah. right? So it's almost better to have the four or five days after to be able to see everyone yeah. that we want to see. Because not everybody goes to one place in my yeah. family, which is a whole other factor. So, right. you know, it's chaos. And my, but, my mom has, my, so my, my aunts and uncles and all, I mean, we have a big extended family. My wife, my mother's siblings and their families and my grandparents are still around and so we and we do a big thing in the days after christmas all the way through new year's we do a big family thing at new year's and you know watch football and get together and eat and we have you know we have a worship time like on december 30th or something kind of just have like a family church time together and and get together i mean it's really nice and we love it and so you know i'm very thankful for it <coughs> do you guys do now do you guys do santa claus yeah we do do you? Is that not a, everyone loves that in our family. Not, not everybody's a big fan of Santa Claus around your your parts. Well, there's this belief that Santa Claus is going to like if you teach your kids that Santa exists, that right. you're going to ruin their faith in Jesus. Right. Which I, I do not think that that is necessarily the case, but um, there you go. So I understand. I understand the opposition to Santa. What I don't understand is the obsessive opposition to Santa to the point of it's. I don't. I think it is fun for kids it's part of growing up i mean it's almost like a lot of kids think that who are you calling it's weird uh hello hello, hello? This, this is laura hollowell billy's mother speaking who is this <laughs> no <laughs> hi mom uh, this is billy 
Billy, yeah. how are you? I haven't spoken to you in days. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm just good. recording our podcast, so maybe this isn't the best time oh. for us to talk. Well, this is. Could I maybe call you? Could I maybe? No, I just call you back. I just need. No, I just needed to. Could you just leave a message for your co-host, that darling, darling, uh, Chris Field character? Would you? Would you just leave a message for him? Yeah. Uh huh. He just went uh, up my, to my, the my, my message. My message for Chris is: um, Would you please teach Billy? Uh, to be such a good, loving son as you obviously are, uh, Billy is such a disappointment to to me and to his father. Um, uh, I'm on the line. I'm really, I'm I'm really concerned. Um. I'm really concerned about Billy's drinking problem. Um, drinking problem. Mom. We were really hoping that they would come to see us for for Christmas time because we were going to have a big family intervention. So if you could do something to to convince Billy to please. Please come Mom, I can still hear you. Does that cause Billy? Is that Mom, Billy? Can, yeah, Mom, you weren't leaving a message on a voicemail. I could actually hear you. Oh, what's up, Billy? I love you so much, and I'm just so proud of what you. The man problem? that you've become. You're, you're such a good son and um, you're a good father. What drinking problem so, are you talking about, Mom? You're out of control. I, I'm, really, I'm really not sure what you're talking about, Billy. I just Billy, heard you leaving this, the message. Now, Billy, you're just hearing things. Obviously, I, you know what it is. You're hearing demonic voices on the telephone. Oh my God. Give your love, give your love to your, give my love to your lovely wife Andrea, for me and your and your wonderful, well-behaved, darling children. I just love you so much, Billy. I'll see you at Christmas. Uh, wait, bye. I'm not coming for Christmas. Uh, oh my God. That was that was weird. Uh, yeah, She's, it was I, I, more she, than weird. She doesn't normally. She doesn't normally call into the show. <laughs> really? Well, I hate you. <laughs> Why do I get stuck? <laughs> I can't wait for the day that the real Laura Allowell listens into this show and hears us play, like, this... <laughs> making these skits up. <laughs> did, she... did she answer the phone? <laughs> this is Laura Allowell, Billy's mother, speaking. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what came over me to do that, but I mean, well, I don't know what came over her to call. I mean, she didn't even know. It was amazing that she was like on point with what we had been talking about. So that was that was fun. Yeah, so amazing. What a what a <clears throat> she's a very intuitive and special woman. We we have an interview to play before we get out of here. Okay, so let's uh let's why don't you introduce the video? Video, jeez. Introduce the interview. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll close. Does that work? Yeah, that sounds good. This, is, um, this has been the family update show. So what are we going to play for our interview? Which, which we've got a couple fun. we just recorded. So what, what do we got here? Um, so this is this is Shauna Norquist, who um, Nyquist, sorry, who is a Christian author. She's the son, the, the, the son, son. Oh my of... gosh, the daughter. I know. Hi, this is... <laughs> Hello, this is Shauna. Stop. <laughs> the daughter of Bill. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't sleep and you're sleep deprived. This is the daughter of Bill Hybels, um, who has a new book out. She talks about um, her book. She talks about basically, and it's sort of funny because I'm going to be honest with you. At first, I thought this is going to be a really boring topic, right. if I'm being fully honest. Um, and I know she's not boring. She's super interesting. She has a big following. But as we talked with her, there were some interesting elements, a lot of interesting elements of, of how we deal with our lives and how busy we are and how unhappy we can become as Christians even, by especially people like like us who have a lot of things going on. Um, 
you know, you can become really unhappy. And and what's the point if you're unhappy? Even if you're working in ministry, right? Like right. she does. What, what if you're unhappy? That's just right. ridiculous. Right. And let me let me see before we play this interview that I should apologize to the listener and to Shauna because I speak very little. I mean, maybe that's a good thing, but I sound extremely disengaged. But because as soon as we started this interview, I hit record, I get like sixty email messages that I have to answer from from co-workers at the place and I'm going are you kidding me why can you have asked me this question I'm two minutes ago or, well, or in 10 you minutes tell them I'm going to record them <laughs> I'm and gonna be like, recording okay, Chris, no problem. Leave, leave me alone and then inevitably and every time I'll be off recording or I'm doing an interview it uh, my increase the, the increase of my uh slack and instant message and email traffic it goes up tenfold every time it's like they did it on purpose anyway so if I sound disengaged, it's not because I wasn't interested in Shauna or what she had to say, uh, but because my coworkers are nagging me, which is fine. It's my job. But All right, just shut up and play the interview. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys Podcast. I have Chris Field on the line, and I also have author Shauna Nequist. How are you doing today, Shauna? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So um, you have a new book that is coming out here in just a few days, Present Over Perfect. And yeah, I, one of the things that's interesting about this book is it deals with a topic I think a lot of us are we're aware of. We're aware of the dynamics in our lives and how busy and crazy things are. But a lot of us don't, and I'm totally guilty of this. In fact, just before we got on the show, I was complaining to Chris about all these things that I have to get done that I need to fit in somehow in the next week. Um, a book deadline myself and all these other things. So it we live in chaos, a lot of us. Um and so I want to get into that with you, but I guess I'll just start by asking what your motivation was you know, for writing this book. Well, you know, I always write, um, I pick a topic that I need to learn, um, not one that I have already learned. And so um, when it was time to write the next book, um, I found myself uh, so far over the edge of um, busy and frantic and exhausted and isolated that I knew I needed to make really serious change. I, I wanted my life to look really different than it, than it did in that season. And so I thought one way that I know uh, to change my life is to write about it day by day and to really uncover what it, how, how I got here and how I can get out of this place. That's interesting. And I think, you know, the notion of writing about, what you haven't learned is sort of the opposite of a, the way a lot of other authors kind of go about things. They, and I think, I think it's one of the most interesting ways to do a book and you kind of discover for yourself as you're, um, helping other people along in a journey. Um, you know, we, we live in a culture that values hard work, being busy, speed, and these are all things that you know well in, in writing this book. What are some of the pitfalls? I mean, you started to talk about some of how you were feeling, but what are some of the pitfalls of a life that embraces those values over time, maybe too fervently? Well, yeah. And, you know, uh, I will always be a hard work person. I'll always be someone who wants my life to matter and have meaning. And I, um, I love feeling tired at the end of a good work day. Um, but for me, that tips too far. And um, both in my work life and my home life, I was kind of on a constant treadmill of trying to prove that I was the most responsible person in the room, that I would never miss a deadline, that things would never be messy. That I And I, and I, I thought that working and working and working would bring me happiness and meaning. And working and working and working just brought me exhaustion and isolation. 
Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people are, are in that, you know, mode. I mean, I think, and I think it's gotten, I feel like it's gotten worse and it could just be just because I'm getting older and because I'm taking on more, I feel that I feel some of those things too. Um, you know, you, you talk generally about this time frame and this season in your life where you're kind of feeling this way. Was there a specific breaking point for you where, you know, a specific event or moment where you just realized, okay, this has to change? Yeah. You know, um, like anything, there were, I'm sure a million kind of warning signs and reminders along the way, but if you're living in such a way that you're living, that you're going too fast, you miss all those kind of subtle signs. But I did have a moment. Um, I was, speaking at a retreat in Dallas and I had been in Dallas already three times that month, which it's a good city, but you shouldn't go there three times in a month um, <laughs> for really any reason. Um, and I just, I was aware, I, I was afraid that the best parts of me were being sacrificed kind of on the altar of my busy, heavy, productive to-do list. And, and so I was in between um, sessions at a retreat and I went back up to my hotel room and I just laid on the bed, shoes on, coat on. I just looked up at the ceiling and I said, if anybody else thinks this looks fun, if anybody else wants to try living this life I've created for myself, they are more than welcome to it, but I'm done and I'm going to do anything I have to do to find a new way of living. Wow. And, and what were, what were your first steps? Like, were you already working on um, present over perfect at that point? And what were sort of your first steps then to do that? You know, the first steps for me, um, and I would encourage anybody who kind of really, I mean, this sounds hyperbolic when I say it, but I don't think it actually is. I don't think I've done ever, anything of meaning in my life by myself. I think every meaningful thing I've done, I've done it in the context of community. And so that's the way I, I went through this change. The As soon as I got home from that trip, I had a conversation with my husband and I said, hey, I, I don't totally know what this path is going to look like, but I had a kind of a moment today where I'm leaving behind this way of living. And it, Again, it'll take a long time to figure this out, and I probably won't do it very well, but I, I need to let you know that, that I'm going to find a new way to do this. And then my, my dad is one of my closest friends, and he came over that night, and I told him he's, he's a pastor and somebody I really respect, and I think someone I tried to emulate for a long time, um, but he, he can, uh, he's a higher capacity person than I am. He can push harder than I can for longer than I can, and so I said to him, hey, listen, I think I've spent a lot of effort and energy trying to keep up your pace and I'm drowning. And I, at this point, I'm even okay if I disappoint you, but I need a new way to live. And I was pretty scared in that moment. And he put his hands on my shoulders and his eyes filled with tears. And he said, thank God I have been so worried about you. And I'm afraid we're going to lose the best parts of you. If you keep trying to keep up with somebody, you, you're never, you know, like we're just different people. And so my first conversations were with my dad and, and my husband. And then the next two were with my small group and with my mentor. And I kind of invited all those people in to say, I don't know exactly where we're going, but we're going somewhere different. And I want your help and I want your accountability and I want your challenge. And I want you to remind me when I forget. And they really have done that. They've been kind of the training wheels I've needed along this journey. And you know, it's interesting because I know what goes into book promotion as anybody who interviews people or, or who has worked on book projects or observed them knows. You know, how do you not fall back into those traps? Because here, I mean, here we are, we're talking about your book right now. And I know, how, again, how crazy that schedule can be. What are some of the, you mentioned maybe a few of them just now, but some of the other safeguards for yourself that you kind of put up to make sure, you know what, I I do have this public crazy schedule going on, but but kind of curtailing that a little bit to, to ensure you don't end up where you were before. Yeah, and, and yeah, a, a lot of it is um, 
hard choices that you make before the process even starts. So when I talked with my team about what it was going to be like to release this book, I said, we're doing it a really different way. And um, around the table, we sat around a table and I said, we're, we're not going to release a book about connection and grace and rest um, and compromise those qualities in our own lives. We're just not going to do it. So um, I'm traveling a quarter of what I have on other books. I'm sitting here completely in my pajamas right now. Um, and then I decided um, the probably the biggest thing was um, I'm a kind of a beach girl and it, we usually spend our summers in um, like Michigan on the Michigan side. And initially when I first saw that we were going to release a book in early August, I was like, well, obviously, you know, old me says you stay home where you've got like a printer and childcare and, and you make this a, you know, you work, you hustle for your life this summer. Right. And then as it got closer, I realized, you know what, the best place for me to be is the lake. And I'm going to spend a lot of time with my kids. I'm going to spend a lot of time on the porch. I'm going to spend a lot of time at the farmer's market. That's the right way to release a book that's about this kind of stuff. And I'm going to yep. trust. I still worked. I still got a lot of stuff done. I still stayed connected with my team, but I am really, um, is it Richard Rohr who says how you do anything is how you do everything. And I, I'm really committed, even in this book launch that, you know, I'm not willing to take a time out and say like, okay, I'm just going to do crazy for like six weeks. Okay. Like we're just gonna, <laughs> just gonna go back to my old way. And then I'll, I'll do that like cool present over perfect thing after the book is launched. So like, we're going to do that this way. And so, um, uh, I'm, my team knows what my boundaries are and, and what my schedule is like. And they know my kid's schedule and how important that is to me. And they know how many nights a week I need to be home for dinner. And mm. um, I'm thrilled that the book launch has been as successful as it has, especially because we did it in the way that we believed in. And um, I'm really thankful to know that that can happen. You know, it's easy to think in that scarcity model of like, you can never have a successful launch. Uh, if you don't just hustle till you're about to die. Right. And th this story is telling us that's not true. You could do it a lot of different ways and it can still be, um, still get to people and still be an exciting launch. No, ab absolutely. And what would you say, how deep are the biblical roots and, and, you know, your faith in this book and in sort of driving some of this home, you know, take me through that and, and what you've learned through your faith in this process. Well, that, that was one of the surprises, you know, when you, when you start off, with a topic that you want to learn as opposed to one you want, want to kind of report on, you, you do find out things along the way. And I think at the beginning of this process, I thought this was more about like, like time management and smart systems and self-care. Like I thought maybe there was like an app that everyone had that I just didn't have yet. And <laughs> once I got that app, then all of a sudden things would stop feeling so overwhelming and chaotic. Right. And I was a little bit surprised to figure out, and you can feel this as you read the book, that it starts off about time and chaos, and it becomes very much about a spiritual journey, um, because that's how it felt to me in my life. This became about um, the way I read the Bible, the way I pray, the time I spend with God, the things uh, that I bring to Him in prayer, my spiritual practices. This was so much more kind of a spiritual excavation and rebuild than it was a schedule reshuffle. That's interesting. Yeah, what and you know, and if, if God took if God took a day off at the end of creation to take to take a rest, I mean, it probably means we ought to, right? Take some time to right? rest, and, and you know, take a break from our schedule. Say all the, totally, and you know, we joke about it sometimes. People are like, "How fascinating that there are ten commandments and only nine that we even consider keeping." Right? 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 right. That we are most American Christians are just so incredibly uh, disconnected to the idea of Sabbath, even right. though it's 
literally the example of our creator and a commandment. We're right. just like, yeah, that one, not so much. Yeah, we're all about, um, we're all about the Big Ten and getting them put on our courthouse walls and on our courthouse lawns, but we really would just like to have nine out of the 10 out there. <laughs> I guess so. And, and I'm not saying that as an indictment of anyone else, but just no. of me. Like that's, right. well, you know, that's I, how we are. I take those things very seriously yeah. and I somehow escaped taking that one seriously. Yep. So um, a lot of this journey for me has been about um, understanding what rest means in a spiritual context. And essentially it's saying like, uh, there is a God and I'm not him. And I'm going to trust that the things I believe have to get done today in like a truly spiritual sense will be handled another way that right. I can trust him and, and stop hustling. Yep. Well, you know, the last question I have for you, and I don't know, Chris may have some other questions for you, but you know, I, I would love to know what is the key thing, and maybe there's more than one, and you spoke to this a little bit just now, but the key spiritual change you made um, without giving away too much of the book um, to, to help maybe, or maybe just the spiritual change that had the biggest impact on you in going through this journey. Yeah, I think for me, the, the ones that, that um, I think were the biggest change are some of the comp- contemplative practices, specifically the practice of uh, silence and um, centering prayer, um, because those are the two greatest antidotes to a life of frantic activity, right? Um, I realized, you know, along the way that the busyness and the frantic living was keeping me from experiencing silence in any meaningful way. Um, And so silence became sort of uh, the sacred place that God worked, uh, where God worked in me and and, and on my heart. Um, And I, I have become, over these last couple of years, a person for whom the practice of silence is very important. And then centering prayer, I'm terrible at it. I'm like the worst, you know, but, but I'm trying. And, and essentially what you do is you focus on one name or attribute of God from the Bible, and you focus only on that, and you let God remind you of who he is um, without, you know, blurting out all your anxieties or thoughts. You know, there's other ways to pray, and you can do all that. But in this one, it's just sort of clearing your mind and your heart to focus only on that one thing. And for me, that one thing is unconditional love. Hmm. And so I... Uh, begin and end my day every day, spending just a couple minutes um, praying very uh, intentionally, asking God to remind me of the truth of his unconditional love. Essentially, I, I ask him to remind me, you know, there's nothing I can do today to earn or gain more love from him. It's, I already am in a full tank. There is no more. There can cosmically never be more. Right. And there's nothing I can do in this day to break or squander or ruin that love. Nothing, no failure, no nothing. Um, and, and when you start and end your day that way, then you live with a lot of freedom, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I can work hard or not hard. I can try and fail. I can make a mistake. I can rest. I can play because my essential worth is not on the line every single day. It's already been anchored because that unconditional love is offered to every one of us. Well, listen. This has been this has been great, Chris. Do you have any uh, follow up no, questions? No, I'm not. Here? I'm not bright enough to come up with follow up questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Shauna, I love this. We would love to have you back again. We'll make sure we link out to the book "Present Over Perfect" so everyone can get a chance to grab copies of that. And thanks so much for coming on with us. Hey, thanks, Shauna. Great, thank you. The Church Boys. All right, we got to get out of here in just a few minutes, and it's been pretty much the uh, the update. Here's what, here's what's been happening in our lives. 
episode, which entertains us, but not, might not entertain you. But frankly, we don't really care because we're not being paid to do this. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, Billy, <laughs> forgot about how wonderful this was. You reminded me during the break that we should give people a little update on your your traveling travails. Uh, you know, your adventures with uh, American. 90% of the time, I'm convinced when I travel that I'm on a reality show. Do you remember that show Airline where they would just follow people around on Southwest and they'd get intoxicated and they would just show like the reality of what it was like? Yeah. I'm always certain that I'm on one of those shows and nobody's telling me it's a candid camera. And, and I cannot get a flight into New York City without some kind of drama every yeah. single time. On the way on this trip, okay, I was hours late. Okay, hours late. I'm sitting on the in the in the airplane where we haven't moved, and I'm thinking, what is going on? This is crazy. And next thing I find out, my wife texts me, "Did you know there's an active shooter in the airport?" Jeez. And and I it turns out there was no shooter, but somebody got off the plane and thought they heard gunshots, and the and then think the airport was evacuated. JFK so it was crazy. Awful. Then on the way home, I, I can't get a flight home that is not without a problem and it was just total chaos i ended up getting home at like 2 30 in the morning and that's another reason why we ended up not recording was the chaos of me needing to work the next day and, and be up and ready um i just can't handle it like why is right. airfare and air travel like a third world experience always that's awful and airlines are, and they're getting worse it's not like things are improving technology improves everything else improves somehow the airlines miss the whole the whole trend everything else in our life is improving well, the Except worst part airline, is that. Well, I paid for a seat upgrade. Okay, I paid. Course, I never of do you did this because by you're the a way. fancy lad. That's why you no, did that. never. Here's why. I wanted to write the book on the way home. I never do this. I thought I'm going to write the book. This will be great. Never do it. I pay my sixty dollars, and then of course my flights. I I miss my flight because it's everything's so late on the way home, and I finally get onto a different flight, and they're like, "Well, we'll give you an exit row seat so you have more leg room." But I'm like, "Well, okay, fine, but I want my sixty dollars back because an exit row seat is not a seat you pay more money for." Well, some uh, some airlines it is. Well, not in my world, and so I was like, "I want my sixty dollars back." This right. has been a rigmarole. I want my money back, <laughs> and so I start tweeting American Airlines about how disappointed I am, which right. is what I do when I'm disappointed. Right. And they start interacting with me as a brand with a personality, and literally, it was like, they, "I wish I had the tweet." Didn't I send it to you? The bizarre tweet they sent me back. Hold on, I need to find it because yeah. it was so weird. It was like I'm I'm venting at them about how angry I am and how how ridiculous their service was, and they and they just kind of responded like. Yes, aren't we wonderful? I mean, <laughs> no, it was the weirdest. And because I was like, I'm never coming back on American Airlines again. Like, I'm really not. Um, I'm, I'm not doing this not for a long time because this is super disappointing. Right. And their response was, I have it here. We absolutely understand and will be always waiting for another date in the skies with open wings. I wanted to throw my phone. It's like, why don't, why don't you come here? I'm going to punch you right in the schnoz. <laughs> you're waiting with open wings? Are you kidding me? Your open wings are going to get cut off. You your, your open jerk. wings that like can't seem to take off on time uh, it's, are uh, waiting for me. And it's, it's, I, sw I swear to you, it is getting worse. And they don't care. I swear, there's got to be some sort of collusion. Like, you know what? You treat people like dirt, and you treat people like dirt. You treat people like dirt. We'll treat people like dirt. They won't have a competitor to go to. If we're just jerks to everybody, they'll just keep you know flying who, with us. You know and who the fact is, is though, we do. Jet, I will say JetBlue. Which goes I, nowhere. Well, and, and the East Coast it does. Yeah, you, you where you are, it's hard. But 
JetBlue, you, I've always had great experiences. I, I know some people have it. I can't think of one, and I've flown on JetBlue a lot, probably more than any other airline. And and so I will, you know, more props to them. And maybe we should bleep out American Airlines. <laughs> but I mean, you you tweeted, you put it all over Twitter. Well, no, but the fact though that they said that back to me in a direct message yeah. made me insane. I was like, are right. you kidding me? <laughs> Is this for real? All right, end this show. I'm done. But oh wait, but the bonus. You want to tell them about the bonus? I don't know what was the bonus. Or what are you committing? Are me you, to? Wait, wait, wait. What are you committing me to? I was in the middle of texting, a, a tweeting a picture of you mid yammer. There are t- <laughs> stupid. There are two episodes coming this week. This what? was just the first one. What? This is ridiculous. Yeah. What kind of nonsense yep. are you spouting, Mr. Hollowell? That's it. So prepare for another episode this weekend that actually has real content you care about. <laughs> we're going to give them something besides the family update show? No. Well, yeah, oh, we're going to give them why real don't you, content. Why, why don't we talk to Andrew? This we, picture's terrifying. Let's see if we can get Andrea on the show. Maybe we can get, maybe we can get Laura to call back, too. Uh, you're <laughs> off the ball. Andrea will totally come on. That'd be great. Is she upstairs? Uh, she did. All right. The Church Boys.